something I learned with a four kids dub. Mm-hmm. It's actual garbage. Yeah, but the voice acting is good at least, right? Oh yeah, it's great, and the music is lovely. But wow, is it bad? This is Tess in the Magic Leaves Clubhouse, giving you a little update. If you hear this noise, BUS! It means that someone said a bad word. Like FUS! So remember, if you hear this noise, BUS! It means someone swore, because this is a children's podcast. Now buckle in you FUS! Losers, we're about to recap a show. <laughs> Come join the club! We are the Winks! Hello, and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends watch the Italian Magical Girl series Winks Club and talk about why we love it. My name is Brendan, and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. I'd like to just give a little um, errata to our prior episode. The Winks Club is no longer on Netflix, at least not in the United States. V, did you check Netflix Canada? Everywhere that I checked had seasons 5, 6, 7, and 8. That's good to know, and that also means we can watch the season 8 dub when on our own free time. So, the good news is the Winx Club English channel on YouTube has pretty much the entire show uploaded. Which may or may not be the official one, but I'm counting it as the official one. (laughs) I do believe it's a verified YouTube channel. Alright, baller. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 1, known in the Cineloom dub as An Unexpected Event. The four kids' title is It Feels Like Magic, and the original Italian, Una Fata a Gardenia, which means a fairy in Gardenia. (laughs) Wait, I'm a fairy? This is so unexpected! It aired in Italy on January 28th, 2004, and aired in English on 4Kids June 19th of 2004. Fast turnaround. If you'd like to, we can talk about the opening sequence, because it's not its not really that special, but we do keep this opening song for three seasons. Oh god, we do. Uh, this is a show that doesn't tend to have cold opens, and we'll usually start right with the opening theme song. Under the Sign of Winks is performed by Lucia Mincili for Season 1 and Yasmin Sanino for Season 2 and 3. The Season 1 translation is um, a good first pass, I'll say. It's it's not terrible, but the singer has a pretty noticeable accent and the syntax is a little unusual. There's a reason I use the Season 2 audio for the ending of our podcast. Uh, it's rough, buddy. Just for the, just for you know, our listeners, the season one version starts with, "If you desire, you can become one of our bunch," which is an almost a, a pretty direct translation from the Italian. Uh, season two stylizes it and goes with, "Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks," which flows better, and sounds like something an English-speaking person would actually say. It's reminded me of those Eurovision songs where they're in English, but clearly not written by a native English speaker. And they can only rhyme fire with higher and desire. 
Now, how about the four kids version? You did watch for the four kids stuff for this episode. Oh yeah. Um, like a lot of dubbed, uh, like a lot of four kids properties, Winks Club has very good music, and the intro is no different. That being said, it's not really quote unquote faithful. It's an entirely different song. It goes down like a roll call of the girls with magic and flowers, digital powers, the rhythms and tunes, the sun and the moon, fire deep inside. Like, oh, here are the girls, but here they aren't. It's it's fun. It's a nice intro. But four kids, again, does a really good job with intros anyway. Don't give it up, Flora. Don't give it up, Tecna. Don't give it up, Stella. Okay, okay. Okay, fine. You found the one flaw in Four Kids tends to have good music and good dubbing voices, but who boy this show! <laughs> Episode 1, An Unexpected Event. We start on a slow panning shot of a city somewhere uh, in Italy or California. The show can never seem to make up its mind. <laughs> Greetings from Romangelis! <laughs> uh, the city is called gardenia and we do see a helpful sign that says welcome to gardenia in english which reinforces the thing that this might be in america but much like the problem where any country tries to set something in a different culture but doesn't have all the cultural nuances they just write what they know so this is a very very italian american city bienvenue a gardenia that would be if it was in montreal there's a really cool transition here where the panning shot of the city freezes on a row of townhouses and then that row of townhouses turns into a rough pencil sketch pinned on a cork board. Oh yeah, that was neat. And then from the cork board we pan across uh, our heroine's room. This is Bloom. She's fast asleep and her mother's calling her because she's apparently late for school. Because we're leaning really hard into the magical girl thing and we're just going to start this off with... Uh-oh, I'm late to school. Quick, Mom, put a bowl of pasta in my mouth so I can run off. <laughs> so, like any teenager who's being told, hey, you're late for school, Bloom wakes up in a panic uh, and takes the fastest shower known to mankind. <laughs> it's literally, oh no! Shh. You, you hear nothing, and then she's rubbing her hair with, like, a towel in a bathroom. I'm like, okay. And then she's jumping by putting her jeans on, and then she's struggling to put on a, um, what would you call that? A crop top? I would call that a crop top. I would also call that not allowed in American school. Yeah, let's talk about Bloom's civilian outfit, because all of the girls have pretty consistent civilian Ooh, it outfits. Is. It is 2003. Uh, so Bloom's civilian outfit is a blue crop top with short sleeves that are yellow, flare cut jeans. It'd be it's, they're they're like halfway between flare cut jeans and bell bottoms. I I would call those definite bell bottoms. Uh, that have a slit up the side so that they swing, and then she has yellow platform sandals. And so Bloom bounces up in her fully dressed uh, state. Hair perfect. Hair absolutely perfect from that lightning quick shower. And she goes... She just washed her armpits and got out. And she goes, wait a minute. 
wait a minute, it's summer vacation, Mom. I, I, Mom, I didn't need to get up this early. How dare you? And her mom's like, well, you can't spend all day in bed. Yes, she can. She's a 16-year-old on school break. Let her do what she wants within reason. <laughs> She's been lacking sleep for the entire school year. Let her sleep in. And Bloom makes that exact argument, gets back into bed, fully clothed, shoes on. Have you ever gotten into bed with jeans on? It's not very comfortable. When you're a sleep-deprived teenager, you take what you can get. Yep. And so Bloom's mom notices a book on the floor, face down. That's how you get a uh, a break in the spine of your book, and it'll now only ever open to those two pages. And it's... Maybe that's her favorite page. And it's a book of fairy tales, because Bloom loves fairy tales and stories about magic. And her mom says, aren't you getting a little old for this? Uh, because, uh... Mom, it's, it's my special interest. So her mom negs her about her special interest. Fairies. Myth or reality? Well... And after negging her, her mom says, well, since you're already awake, you can help me out at the store. Uh, her mom owns a flower shop and her father is a fireman. After Bloom has been voluntold to spend the day helping her mom at the flower shop, she goes- Which she might not be getting paid for, by the way. She goes downstairs, uh, where we see her dad reading a newspaper because it's 2003 and he's a sitcom dad. And that language on the newspaper. Uh, my god. Grawlixes and scribbles so that they don't have to redraw it. Looks it looks like someone- it looks like someone just smashed their hands on the keyboard like, that's good. Um- also, we do keep saying 2003. That's when it was made. We know the show aired in 2004, but, you know, everything was designed a little bit before that point. The early aughts really do blend together sometimes. It was just all denim and shiny plastic and the early internet. All right. So Bloom starts bellyaching about how she's not going to spend all summer working in her mom's flower shop. Again, probably for free. Is this the first day of summer vacation, or...? It it must be the first day or really close into it. So when Bloom says, I'm not going to spend uh, the whole summer working for free at the flower shop, her dad says, well, when you get older, you can go away by yourself. And Bloom says, how much older is older? I'm already 16, Daddy. Insert Little Mermaid joke here. And he even gives the you're still my little girl excuse. Also, this is clearly an Italian show. Who in America would let their 16-year-old go on vacation alone? Her parents tell her that they're going to be going to the beach for their vacation, like they always do every year. But they did get her a little present. And I don't know if the implication here is just like, it's your 16th birthday day-ish or well no bloom's birthday is in december so this must be a end of the school year present like congratulations you you got good grades you got you, you got good grades you didn't get detention you worked in the flower Have shop something. whenever you were voluntold you worked at the firehouse whenever you were voluntold <laughs> bloom's just putting out fires uh. a voluntold fireman <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Gardini doesn't have a volunteer fire department. It's voluntold fire department where all the bored teenagers get voluntold by their parents to go put out fires and teach small <laughs> children about fire safety. Bloom has an entire cupboard full of Mr. Yuck stickers. <laughs> so Bloom rushes outside to see what this marvelous present is. Because she's been wanting a moped. That's all she wants is a moped because she's an Italian teenager in the year 2004. And she stumbles out the door, almost breaking her ankle on those <laughs> god-awful platforms. And finds a sad red bicycle with a wicker basket that probably has a flower on it. Which are clearly deliveries that her mom Bolin told her to do. So this isn't so much a congratulations you got good grades present as... Yeah, we're telling you it's because we got good grades, but it conveniently also serves our interests. Kiko's delivery service. We haven't talked about Kiko yet. I know, I'm just putting that out there right now. So... Because I thought it was funny. This is actually a good time to mention, uh, we've glossed over him because he's a horrible little... I want to use a polite term. Rodent. He's a horrible rodent. Rabbits aren't rodents, but yes. What are they then? Lapines. They're not marsupials. They're lapines. They're horrible little close enough to be rodents. Uh, so yeah, Bloom has a horrible little, basically a stuffed animal bunny for little girls to buy because girls like bunnies. Uh, it is Lavender with big red eyes. His name is Kiko and he only communicates via horrible gargling, which we will input a sample of now. What? Did you see one of those scary squirrels again? Wasn't that awful? I hate that thing. I hate it so much. And you know it's just... Dude. He's an annoying, pretty cure mascot. He's Luna from Sailor Moon if Luna had the mental complexity of a Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> Sailor Moon! Look! Bad guy! So Bloom looks upon this sad little bicycle and goes, thanks, it's, it's great. I love it. Totally not just gonna throw it in a dumpster next chance I get. And so she, she gets on her bike and starts sadly pedaling away. And I'm just like, hey, please don't bike in wedges. You'll hurt yourself. So as Bloom sadly pedals away, her dad goes, look, she loves it. She's speechless because he's a clueless sitcom dad. And her mom is like, I don't know, dear. Maybe she wanted something a little bit more sophisticated, like a scooter. And uh, her dad's a bumbling <laughs> idiot, so he he still doesn't get it. And he just goes, scooters are dangerous, honey. And so Bloom isn't even riding the bike down the street. Now she's just walking with it. And as Bloom walks... Oh, by the way, Kiko jumped in the basket. I don't know if we told you that. Kiko's in the basket. It doesn't really matter. Kiko's with her. No, it does. And so as Bloom walks her bike down the street, she gets catcalled uh, by local mean girl Mitzi and another Fashion Corner. Uh, fashion Corner is going to happen every time a new character shows up, people. Every time a new named character shows up in one of their awful 2004 outfits. So Mitzi is wearing strappy sandals, also orange f sort of flares like Bloom, except hers don't have like 
a full slit. They have like a little notch in the in the leg. And she's got like a yellow ribbon belt. <laughs> That's not helping at all, sweetie. And a top that is a it's a it's a crop top. Nobody in this show under the age of 30 owns a full shirt. It's also a crop top that is but this one is sleeveless with sort of a halter neck, except it also has this huge rectangular wedge taken out right in the center of the chest. Fashion. Cleavage. Boob window. Except none is drawn in because this is a show for teenagers. Also, she has awful triangular glasses. I just realized that she looks slightly like a character that we'll be getting to in another episode. Yeah. The camera pans over as Mitzi is sassing Bloom about going to the beach with her parents. And it turns out that a pair of dopey looking mover guys are putting Mitzi's brand new Vespa into a van. And Mitzi goes... Because of course she has a Vespa. And Mitzi goes, look, Bloom, I got the Vespa. Don't you want to be me, Bloom? Why won't you date me, Bloom? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm choosing to pretend... That uh, instead of just being a stereotypical mean girl, Mitzi has a gigantic crush on Bloom and has no way to express that. So she just bullies and negs her. She's like a toddler. Bloom, 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 look at me. Bloom, Bloom, look at me. Look at me. Bloom, you're so pretty. Bloom, you're so pretty and your <laughs> hair looks like strawberries. And so Bloom goes, okay, see you at school. Bye calls her a show off and rides off in her poor dingy hey, little bike. are you going to the same old beach as always? I'm going away to Italy. <laughs> uh, there's also the implication that Mitzi is definitely going on vacation by herself like Bloom wanted to. And again, this is definitely Europe because no American 16-year-old girl can go away by herself or else Liam Neeson's Taken will happen. <laughs> So Bloom bikes to the local park and pulls an apple out of somewhere and takes a bite. Her bell-bottom pants. I wrote down chomp because that is the loudest sound effect I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, we get a real wet, crispy bite uh, foley work. <laughs> She's having a real nice honey crisp apple. So the, you just get a... And then I wrote down... Jesus Christ, Kiko's voice. Uh, because Kiko comes running out of the bushes, screaming at the top of his little gremlin lungs, and then trips on his face. And, like Scooby-Doo, starts tugging on Bloom's pant leg and gesturing for Bloom to follow him because he's apparently seen something. <laughs> and Bloom looks down at her uh, dancing, miming rabbit and goes, What's the matter, boy? Did you find something plot relevant? So Kiko leads Bloom to a forest clearing, and we meet our first actual fairy of the show. And she's doing a monster fight against a bunch of little red gremlins. And she's throwing around bolts of light magic, and she's got this sweet staff. And her outfit is orange. Just straight up orange. Glittery orange. And uh, Bloom goes, wow, Kiko, did you see that? And Kiko faints for some reason also just a quick note this is just in a public park how many people think this is just a larping session 
Yeah, if it's if it's just your average city park, it can't be that big, and the foliage can't be that dense. Uh, like Poseidon the Earthshaker, the fairy slams her staff down and makes a solar flare that sends all these little gremlins flying into the trees. Or one of them is caught by something, which squeezes it until it pops. Jeez. <laughs> into light magic. Yeah, it pops into magic. This is that kind of show. <laughs> it just pops and blood's everywhere. Oh my god! And, uh, a troll? Ogre? Question mark? Shrek. Yellow Shrek. This yellow Shrek steps out of the shra- uh, the shadows, presumably to tell this fairy to get out of his swamp. And she says, quote, Stay away, villain, or you will feel the wrath of the sun and moon fairy. Very serious, this expression on her face. We also get a profile shot that is frankly terrifying. And yellow Shrek raises his arms and screams and charges! And our fairy heroine gets knocked back. And, oh no, these little imps are gonna get her. Yellow Shrek points the, calls them ghouls, tells the ghouls to get the scepter. And so our the fairy gets mobbed by these little ghoul creatures who just kind of seem to be restraining her instead of doing what they were told and getting the scepter. And then we cut away and one of them has the scepter. And Shrek takes the scepter and proceeds to villain gloat at the fairy and bloom says hey let her go hey you wait oh shoot now they have half their attention yeah bloom literally goes let her go or i'll what am i gonna do because she realizes that she can't really do anything against yellow shrek and his army of ghouls she does not have ein gun a bunch of ghouls run at Bloom, and she raises her hand and shouts, Get away from me! <laughs> you stop that! And Bloom glows orange, is surrounded by a force field, and the force field tases the ghouls on impact. Bloom has powers. Because... Surprise! <laughs> you're a fairy, Bloom. I'm a what? After Bloom uh, repels these ghouls, Kiko unfaints. And starts shadow boxing. As you do. Because, you know, he's cute. And a ghoul sneaks up on Kiko and scares him and Kiko faints. Well, and then Bloom taps the ghoul on the shoulder and says, hey, hands off the bunny and whaps it with a stick. <laughs> Just like a home runs this thing into a tree where it explodes into, into light. She reels, she just reels back and goes, pow! Uh, Bloom will River City Rampage on you. And then Yellow Shrek sees this and is not impressed, grabs both of Bloom's arms in one of his giant meaty ogre hands, and says he's going to... V, you have the quote. I'm gonna smash you like a china doll! Gross. Which, how does he know that turn of phrase? Well, Bloom starts glowing again, and goes, No! (laughs) (laughs) and starts like just radiating pure light the light turns into an asian style dragon swoops up into the sky and then explodes into a firework which if you ask me is a little bit racist we switch focus back to our heroines and the entire park 
clearing looks singed because Bloom not only put out light, but heat. Again, this is a weird LARPing session that people are just ignoring. The orange fairy picks her scepter back up and goes, hey, thanks for saving me. And Bloom looks up and goes, oh yeah, no problem. And then the orange fairy is backlit by the sun, looking radiant and glamorous. And Bloom goes, oh no, she's hot. Uh, also, the orange fairy responds to Bloom's uh, dragon burst with, wow, powerful. And she says, I have my scepter back to Shrek. You don't scare me anymore. And blasts him with a magic bolt. And so she blasts Shrek with a bolt of light magic, and then she flourishes her staff and swings it and sends a light ray at another ghoul. And they all explode into light, and then it pans over to Kiko, who is spinning a stick around and then poses with it like the fairy is. Because we're supposed to find this because... charming. <laughs> because Kiko is hashtag relatable. Then Kiko makes a horrible scream because a ghoul is attacking Bloom, and the ghoul bites into her pant leg and shreds off some of her pants because not her leg because her leg is four times smaller than the pant leg and then shrek goes we'll be back and then a bunch of ghouls jump next to him and he goes shia kazing and they teleport away <laughs> and after the bad guys teleport out the orange fairy collapses and does a magical girl detransformation into an outfit that looks like the outfit she was already wearing, only less sparkly, with a longer skirt and a crown. Hey, are you okay? Why are you dressed like that? <laughs> like, it just looks like some sexy religious regalia. After Bloom goes, hey, are you okay? We cut to Shrek, standing in a purple fog machine chamber, surrounded by three sets of glowing eyes, who are presumably his bosses. And they all just look like Shadow Weaver from She-Ra, for some reason. And they give him a name. Shrek's name is Nut. Gross. With a K. I'm just gonna call him Shrek. Your name's dumb. You're Shrek now. So Shrek's bosses give him a real dressing down about not coming back with a scepter. And they also make some sort of joke that he can't see without his glasses. Um, so not only is Shrek Shrek, he's also Velma. Shrelma. No, that's worse than none. Shrelma, or Vec. He says it's not his fault. Uh, there was this Earth girl, and Earth girls are easy, and she blasted him with a fire dragon. And his bosses are like, you know what, whatever, this is going on your quarterly performance review. We'll talk about it next quarter. Uh, for now, we're giving you an assistant. Uh, it is a blue troll with nipple rings. and uh, Why does he have nipple rings? And it's going to huff this scrap of fabric that you brought back, and it's going to track down whoever gave you this trouble so you can get the scepter like we told you to. And Nut uh, accepts his fate, realizes that he's going to have to take this ding to his bonus, and uh, walks out with nipple troll to find... <laughs> <laughs> They call him a hunter, but you can't not notice the fact that he just has nipple rings for no reason. <laughs> not in the nipple troll is our symphonic metal band. <laughs> the only 
The worst thing about that is one of us is nut and the other one's the nipple jerk. <laughs> I'm oh, nut. Man. These are the nipple trolls. Is that gnome a nipple troll too? Yes. We transition back to Bloom's house where she's telling her parents all about this marvelous thing that's happened and points to the unconscious girl on the couch and says, see, see what I found. And her parents are like, this proves nothing. This proves that you found an unconscious girl in the park. I think we should call the police. And the orange fairy wakes up from being unconscious. Uh, overhearing we should call the police and says oh no there's there's no need for that thank you for saving me my name is stella so bloom's mom uh bloom's parents by the way they do have names uh bloom's mom is vanessa and her dad is mike i didn't catch vanessa but i did catch mike i don't know if it they actually say it out loud in this episode or if it's just like a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing But so, uh, Vanessa asks Stella if Stella wants her to call Stella's parents. And Stella says, oh, no thanks. Um, I don't think you can reach them from here. I'm from a place called Solaria. It's, it's really far away. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's in the magic dimension. And Stella does not understand muggles. Bloom's dad is like, okay, this is, this is all weird. Clearly this girl is concussed. She needs more medical help than we can provide. And he, I'm just a firefighter. I'm a fireman, not a paramedic. And so he picks up the phone to dial whatever the Italian equivalent of 911 is. The Italian version of 911 is 112. Okay, I did have to make sure it was a touch-tone phone and not a rotary. God. It is a touch-tone phone. It's just an old, fa- it's just like a, um, a corded one for some reason. It's still 2003. So Mike goes to pick up the phone uh, and Stella is not too pleased by him insinuating that she has some brain damage. So she shoots a ray of sparkles from her finger and turns the phone into a cabbage and a carrot. As you do. And she goes, well, do you believe me now? With the most I could give a look on her face. She is so thoroughly unimpressed with all this muggle nonsense. So Stella explains what happened in the park, and that Bloom really is telling the truth, and that Bloom pushed back the ogre and the ghouls, and that means one thing. You're a fairy, Bloom. I'm a what? And Bloom gets a whole anime zoom in where she's surrounded by stars because she's so happy to be a fairy. She's loved fairy tales her whole life, and now she actually is one. It's like she's a protagonist. It's like the camera follows me around or something. Think of the transformation pen from Sailor Moon. That's kind of what we're going for, except it's blue instead of pink. And so once Bloom has had her uh, Sorcerer Stone moment, (laughs) we switch focus back to Nut and the Nipple Troll. Meanwhile, at an abandoned nuclear facility. Uh, The Nipple Troll takes a big old huff out of the scrap of Bloom's pants and goes, This way. That's not how tracking works. There needs to be a trail. She needs to have been at the abandoned nuclear factory. Also, here's something about Stella's uh, outfit. Not only does it look like her fairy outfit, but with a longer skirt, it also has fake wings. So this is totally some kind of religious garb. Or her princess outfit. 
by the way, Stella's a princess. Uh, yeah, I don't think she mentions it right when she's uh, explaining that she's from Solaria, but she's a princess. Eh. Everything's better with princesses. Not princess. all fairies are princesses, but I'm a princess. Are you a princess too? Yeah, some princesses are talking horses, and some live on the moon, and some uh, come from the swamp. Stella goes up to Bloom's room and she goes, huh, how quaint. Is this the closet? Thanks, I'm I'm poor. She doesn't actually say that. In fact, that sounds something like poor kid Stella would mention. So Stella explains that, you know, again, she's she's from really far away and she looks out the window and a star dings in the distance because maybe the magic dimension is just in outer space. The second star on the right. And she sees Bloom's book of fairy tales and goes, oh, that's cute. And she flips through it and Bloom asks, is it anything like where you're from? And Stella just goes, honestly, this is a bit nicer. And Stella starts giving Bloom a little bit of a lecture on like, you have magic. You can do anything with your magic powers if you're trained. And then she wiggles her hands around. Bloom's colored pencils float into the air and all twirl into one giant colored pencil. No, I'm annoyed. Me hoy. And Stella levitates it and goes, you try putting it back the way it was. Okay, now try this new ability you didn't know you had and turn it back. Stella explains, you can, you've always had magic. You've probably just never needed to use it. So if you think about it hard enough, you can put these back the way they were. And Bloom tries to transform the pencil back and nothing happens because she's probably at the stage where she can only use her powers in extreme duress. So Stella repairs the big magic pencil and says, hey, you know what? My school is starting a new semester soon and you would be perfect for it. Because there's a there's a school for fairies, you see. Here we are, explaining some stuff. Uh, Stella is literally the exposition fairy right now. <laughs> exposition Stella, Stella, Stella. And she pulls a postcard out of her... Top? I don't know where she got that from. Out of her magic dimension. She has hammer space, it's fine. Honestly, she might. And she goes, here, let me show you the school. And she throws the postcard on the floor and it turns into a, like a, a carpet sized thing that she calls a magic postcard. And she, I'd call it a pocket portal, but. And she stands on it and starts sinking in. <laughs> I'm just imagining it just feels like going into goo. Uh... Like you, you can go through the portal, but it's going to feel like traveling through. It's going to be like trudging through some really wet mud. Gross. <laughs> no, it feels like um. Did you ever? Are you, have you ever been to a haunted house and they do they do the thing? No. Where they stick your hand in a hole in the wall and it's cold spaghetti, but they tell you it's human intestines. <laughs> and a bowl full of grapes, like its eyes. No. Yeah, that's that that's what it is. And actually, that's that's the portal to Cloud Tower. Never mind. <laughs> just so spooky the portal to cloud tower is um the spongebob episode where they threw squidward into the fly of despair 
<laughs> That's why witches are the way they are. They have to go through that to get to school. And as Stella sinks into the goop of the magic postcard, we cut to the nipple troll who goes, They're this way. And then Bloom is sinking into the goop. <laughs> and she gets totally subsumed by the goo. And then the nipple troll goes, I've lost the scent. They should be somewhere around here. They are standing in the middle of a residential street as Shrek, a bunch of imps, and a nipple troll. How nobody sees this, maybe people don't look outside their windows in Gardenia after 7pm. <laughs> There's a curfew. Everybody's sat down to watch reruns of the good sitcoms from the 80s. If you listen faintly in the background of this, you can hear, Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> and so they scatter to try and find the actual sort, like, where the scent went. And Bloom's parents are arguing again about magic, because for some reason, despite seeing his phone turn into a carrot and a cabbage, Bloom's dad is still resisting it. And on the other side of the goo, Stella and... Mm. <laughs> Somewhere over the slime pool. Stop! Uh, on the other side of the goo pool, Stella and Bloom stand before... A forest opening into a clearing with... A magic pink playset that looks like somebody looked at Hogwarts and said, Okay, but we also need a version for the girl toy aisle. And they, and they said, Okay, we can work with that. And so they took Hogwarts and painted it pink, blue, and turquoise. And, uh... Perfect. Included, I don't know, plastic jewelry. And Bloom goes, okay, this is neat. How do we get home? And Stella goes, you just jump. And they jump up through the other <laughs> side of the goo pool. <laughs> oh god, no! <laughs> and the postcard shrinks back to normal. And as the And as they exit the goo pool... The nipple troll goes, there, that house. <laughs> and Shrek goes, okay, that house, ghouls, nipple troll, let's go. Wait, her scent would be all over that house, though. But she's not actually there, so it doesn't matter. Ah! And so Kiko is in the kitchen doing rabbit things, I guess. I don't know why he doesn't have a hut. She's just a free roaming plush rabbit. The thing is borderline sentient and walks on two legs. You're right, it's a Scooby-Doo rabbit. Kiko does have a hutch, but it's like a pup named Scooby-Doo where Scooby's doghouse is a mansion on the inside. I mean, we saw Kiko's bed earlier in this in this episode. Oh, right! He doesn't even have a hutch. He just sleeps in a basket with ribbons on it in Bloom's room. Also, when she took her- when she took Kiko to the park earlier, I'm just like, Bloom- you shouldn't let your rabbit free roam. That's how it gets eaten by a hawk. <laughs> you're you're going to look away and Tobias from Animorphs is going to sweep in, eat Kiko, and then have a whole moral dilemma about fighting against his animal nature because he's actually a person, but he's still a bird. <laughs> and so Kiko bounds into, bounds into the living room and starts Courage the Cowardly Dogging again at Mike and Vanessa. And they're like, what the hell do you want, rabbit? And the rabbit goes, Kiko is now freaking Popeye, apparently. Poor Mr. Krabs. And Kiko points the back door. The back door starts vibrating. And 
Mike still has <laughs> no clue what's going on because he's just a giant buffoon. <laughs> and Kiko goes and he tries to hold the door shut. He starts piling stuff up in front of the door like a Scooby-Doo gag. I, I've had this written down as strongest rabbit in the world because the thing lifts like three chairs and a TV set. And it's one of those CRT TVs, like a tiny thing, but it's also like seven pounds. And then the nipple troll bursts through the back door. Tits first. <laughs> I wanted the door to open out. You would think... Th I really wanted the door to open out. Yeah, that would have been funny. But no, it, it does open the right way, and the nipple troll bursts through the door. And Bloom and Stella hear the commotion. And, and Kiko's just like, you see? And Mike and Vanessa just start shaking like leaves, and Shrek yells, give us the girl. Which one? And Stella goes, looking for me. And then we get our first transformation sequence of the show. So Stella's Stella's transformation theme is interesting because she's the only girl who gets a solo theme like this. Uh, Stella's transformation. Stella's transformation sequence is pretty simple. Uh, it's just various shots of like her costume materializing out of light. And Stella is the only Winx Club girl in the first season whose hair changes when she transforms because she gets pigtails. All the better to fight you with, my dear. And let's talk about Stella's fairy outfit because we didn't earlier. So. Orange. It's orange. <laughs> it's orange. Uh, it is a one-shouldered midriff bearing top with orange uh, hot pants orange go-go boots, silver Wonder Woman bracelets, a silver headband, and uh, her hair gets tied up in, like, these two red toilet paper tubes. Like, I know that that's not what it is, but they look like they're toilet paper tubes. Also, just a quick thing, in the um, stage shows, Stella also just always has her hair in pigtails. Because, because they're usually from the first season. Stella kicks the nipple troll in the face and starts a fight scene with an unpowered Bloom, or at least a not able to directly use her powers Bloom. So Stella's doing all the heavy lifting while Bloom causes a distraction, and Stella just ruins her parents' home. Uh, I think they have good insurance. Their insurance premiums are going to skyrocket after this, I know that much. And... Oh, also, there is a small flashback to Mitzi during this, where she's just watching TV in the pitch dark and complaining about the noise. That's all she's here for. She's just here to be, com she's just here to complain and be gay. Which is my mission in life. All we see of the fight between Stella and the ghouls is like flashes of light from the inside. And then Stella gets thrown out the back door and says... No, she gets thrown out the front window. Oh, Stella gets thrown out the front window. That's right. And she goes, Don't worry. I called for help. Because she couldn't do this earlier. And as the nipple troll looms over Bloom and Stella, a laser whip 
wraps around its neck and starts choking it. And we reveal four boys in the most awful onesie. It's like a one-piece... Do they even have a belt to break it up? Like Power Rangers or... No. Oh, that's awful. So it is a... It is a one-piece suit that is primarily, like, black, but it has khaki accents. So, like, it's a black suit, but the tops of the, like, the tops of the arms. Hold on. So it's like a wetsuit. <laughs> Hold I feel like I'm missing something. I'm pulling it up, because I am... I, I don't know what you're looking at. The red... Fa- I know what you're looking at, but I have no clue what you're looking at. The red fountain uniforms? Yeah, because I just remember them being white with, like, black stripes down the side. Oh, no. It's navy blue and khaki. Okay, yeah, I'm double-checking this, because I would have remembered if it was that awful. Oh, it is cream! It's bl- yeah, blue. I had the colors switched in my mind because it looked better. Yeah, the the red found the uniform that all four of these boys are wearing is navy blue and cream, and the colors with capes with with light blue capes with light blue capes that are each fashion like each fastened with like a little brooch that has an individually colored gem, uh, and each of them is wielding a, a different weapon. So there's one with purple hair who has the aforementioned laser whip and a little dagger. He gets a little scimitar. A blonde who has a blue sword and shield, so he's the tank of this team. A redhead with a laser pistol, so I guess he's their archer. A brunette with a bus. buster sword. Yeah, and the, and their DPS, a brunette with a buster sword. So yeah, two a rogue, an archer, a sword, uh, a tank, and a DPS. This party comp is great. And so the boys start fighting the nipple troll. Uh, they they do say each other's names, but Stella introduces them formally after the fight. Oh, right. Uh, purple-haired one not only has the little dagger that looks like it's made to... It looks like it's the kind of dagger with, like... It's like a seam ripper, almost, but it's the kind that you use to catch swords. Yeah, he also has a scimitar. Yeah, he also has a scimitar. Uh, Stella saves purple-haired boy by just doing a, a little bit of a Kamehameha, but not a full one. Just like a, a tiny... Is there a Kamehameha, but it's just like a Chi Ball? And, uh, yes, it's just called a Key Blast, or a Chi Blast, depending on what you're looking at. And Bloom helps. And Bloom helps. Shrek and the Imps get surrounded, and then he sheer kazings out of there again. But they still have the Nipple Troll... <laughs> And the boys say, we're going to take the nipple troll into custody. Don't you worry, girls. And the troll is off to troll jail. So, uh, the one with purple hair and a smarmy look is Riven. The brunette with the buster sword is Sky. Prince Sky. Ah, uh, yes. Prince Sky. Stella emphasizes that. Uh, <laughs> He's a prince. He's hot. <laughs> the redhead with the gun is Timmy. And the sword and board is Sky's faithful squire, Brandon. And, and then they leave. Somebody slaps a taser collar on the nipple troll, which is real kinky. And they... Oh, God, why does it have individually rendered toenails? Ugh. And so the boys portal out with 
the nipple troll. The sun rises over the city of Gardenia, and Mike and Vanessa have made a decision. They're going to let Bloom go to Althea after all. I never would have guessed. Of course, this means that she's going to magic school on her vacation from regular school. But she... No, apparently it says that come back next summer. So she's going there for an entire year. Oh yeah, so I guess by Earth transcript records, Bloom is a high school dropout. In her... She's 16, so what is that? Junior year? That's the earliest you can legally drop out in America. So yeah, uh, Bloom is dropping out of Earth school to go to magic school like we all desperately wished we could do at age 12. We all wanted to get our Harry Potter letters! And they never came. Stella reveals that her her magic scepter turns into a a ring when she doesn't need it to be a full-size scepter, which is convenient. And she takes her scepter out, she waves it, and instead of going through the goo puddle, this time they all fall down a purple wormhole. Into the interdimensional butthole. And get pooped out outside of the real (laughs) Althea. And the episode ends with them overlooking Althea Castle. Classes are about to begin, which is why I dropped us off five miles from the campus. And that's the end of the episode. V, (sighs) tell us about the four kids version. Ooh, boy. Okay, so the plot is more or less the same. Like, there's not a lot you can change about it. But I will be going through some points that I'm noted down. They changed around some parts of the show, as they are wont to do. Like, the show begins, and Bloom is already, like, riding on her bike into the park. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's just going out to play with Kiko. Um, I noted down that Kiko keeps his voice a la Pikachu. (laughs) Well, I mean, they couldn't get D. Bradley Baker to short notice. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And Stella is... Far more Valley Girl. There are so many likes in her tone of voice. Like you're a fairy, So the fight... Like it's crazy. The fight is very much the same, but they moved when Shrek grabs Bloom first. And then she does the energy shield afterwards. Weird. And after that bit, Stella just goes, You've got winks, girl! Major winks! Oh, that's right. They made it a they made it a thing for the four kids version. Uh, try not to make winks a thing. <laughs> and I wrote, <laughs> it was so mind boggling. So much was switched around. Bloom waking up, like at the beginning, was changed to the next day, and it's not Bloom's mom waking her up, making her worry that she's late for school. It's like. Hey, Bloom, who's that girl who's asleep in our guest bedroom? It seems like Bloom is getting herself ready to go see the hot girl who just crashed in their house. Her house? <laughs> the fake language that was on the newspaper is just lines now. Because it can't be scribbles. Straight lines. It's just straight lines. <laughs> and instead of wanting to go on a vacation by herself she's like but i have a lot of important stuff to do um bloom says i have a lot of stuff to do and her parents go what do you have to do and bloom shrugs and goes just girly things 
and in this version, being into fairy tales was a childhood phase. Like, she had, quote, hadn't read that book in years. Hmm. She goes off on her bike while Stella is still passed out on her couch. And here she runs into Mitzi. And I wrote down this entire transcription. Um, (laughs) This entire transaction. (laughs) That'll be $4.95, please. (laughs) Why do I have to pay you, Mitzi? For my time, loser. (laughs) Um, That's a power move. So she's riding her bike, passes by Mitzi. Hey, Bloom, isn't it time you put that two-wheeled relic in the trash where it belongs? Hey, it still works. My dad got it for me. Instantly not annoyed at the bike. (laughs) And then the best... Oh, you poor girl. Of course I don't mean poor is and not rich, even if that is what you are. And that was just cumbersome as all hell. So Bloom is... like She's like, I don't know if I have powers... And then she's like, if I do have powers, Kiko, remind me to turn her into a monkey. Which is... A weird choice. Uh, Four kids did not get rid of the nipple rings on the nipple troll. Oh, that's unfortunate. When um, Stella finally wakes up, Mike says she's going to call Stella's parents instead of calling the police or the hospital or whatever. And Stella immediately wakes up and is like, oh, let's face it, that's like so much easier than done. They live like six whole realms away. That's without getting into her backstory. When they get to Stella looking into her room, she finds the book and Bloom's like, hey, is that anything like your place? And she's like, kind of, but this was written by humans. I like the original, like, sort of, but this book is actually kind of nice. And there is a flash forward to some instances with the specialists. When they get back from Althea, or visiting the magic postcard, she says that she invited the specialists over. And I'm like, you're inviting them over now for no reason? Okay. In this situation. Um, the nipple troll situation is very much the same. The nipple troll finds them, yada yada, like, it's not a lot is different. Then the nipple troll breaks in, and Stella makes mention of her fairy godmother. I'm going to kill you, Stella. And then Stella transforms with sun power. The specialists get there, because they can't really edit the fight that much. Uh Uh-huh. During the entire, like, fight, the specialists are arguing with each other. Hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm just gonna... I just know what I'm supposed to do with trolls. Give them a slash. And then Timmy's like, no, you don't do that, you idiot. You shoot their feet. I'm like, what? You're not being a team. So there's introductions. Riven, Prince Sky, Timmy, and then Brandon. Nothing special about him. Not at all. See, what what kills me about that is like, of course you would all do something different when you're taking down a troll. You're trained in different weapons. I know. It was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have Timmy pistol whip the nipple troll. That'll work. <laughs> Sky just throws a sword at him. Yeah. And then the fight's over the next day. Stella's like, you know, I could totally just fix this up with a magic. 
And Bloom's dad is like, no, thank you. <laughs> and the end thing I have with his dad still being magic racist. Like the same, it basically is just the same. They show it ends out by them going to Malfia and doing the sweeping shot over the thing that is clearly a playset and also a CG model. Yeah, Alfia is very CG. But yeah, that was the four kids version. It was a perfectly suitable first episode for a four kids dub. That's all we can really ask of anything four kids has ever done that isn't Pokemon. And again, yeah, the music is fun. The voice acting is fun. It's just Stella being a valley girl is uh, cliche. Quote Fergie, it's so 2000 late. In my yes. mind's eye, I can picture your disappointed face. I... You make my face go loco. <laughs> uh, did you have any final thoughts? Aside from, you know... Um, aside from four kids being four kids? This is definitely the episode that I've watched the most out of any of the episodes of Wings Club. Because... We've tried to start this show several times and then just kept not getting too far. So I'm really excited to see how this goes. Like, I remember some bits and pieces of, like, later bits. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm jazzed. Oh, and, you know, we'll get to meet the witches soon. My girlfriends. Uh, we'll get to talk about how they're kind of wonderful. At... They, they're, they're great. And so, uh, I, I don't think I have any more to add. I don't think there's any Winx news right now. I mean, aside from the live action, is still tentatively in development. And it's supposed to be out, I think, sometime late this year, or early next year, or late next year. And, uh, there is a live action, like, Winx Club TV show that is happening. Supposedly. Isn't it going to be like a Netflix original in the u.s or yeah i think so thank you for joining us today with the magic winks clubhouse you can find us on twitter at magic winks pod thank you uh you can follow me brendan at sonata waves s-o-n-a-t-a-w-a-v-e-s look for the truly outrageous gem icon and you can find me on Twitter at Pocky Slice. Pocky like the delicious snack. Slice as in a slice of pie. I'm Brenton. I'm Tess. And until next time, meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine, we can fly through space and time. And together we'll be I noticed the poster on the wall. I couldn't get a good look at it, but from what I could read, it says the, like, genus, G-E-A-N-U-S. Sounds like... And it looks like a boy band. I was about to say, it sounds like a prog rock band from 2004 to me. Later on, she is going to interrupt the fight with, chill out, what you yelling for? <laughs> Lay back. Stella's on the floor. You are now on the floor. <laughs> I 
I love when our minds work in perfect unison. <laughs>